Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Hiya. I can't say where I work at the moment, but it's a big company and we're all working from home as part of, uh, apart from the delivery staff. I can't uh, go into what I do as I don't want to be identified, but it would be fair to say that I prefer to be on site as most staff do. As we get more done, and apart from anything else, uh, work social life is important for my mental well-being as I'm going out of my mind in my one-bed apartment for the last nine months. Now, we got an email the other day, he says, for a staff Zoom call with the line manager. He said he was looking forward to the rollout of the vaccines over the next few months and that they would update us then on the return to work. And it looks like we'll be back in August. He said that the staff who are vaccinated will be allowed back to the office, but those who chose not to be vaccinated will either, ha- will either have to work from home. He also hinted at downsizing the workforce before the end of the year. And they're encouraging staff to get vaccinated, as it seems there's a preference for keeping your job, or keep the preference for keeping your job will be based on who can go to work and who is vaccinated. They haven't actually said this, but they're hinting at it. Now, I've checked the legality of this, and it seems that they can do this under employment law and duty of care, under health and safety. In other words, they have a duty of care to those not vaccinated and can treat us differently. Now, Richard Grogan did clarify today that, you know, if there are people in the workplace not vaccinated, they do have a duty of care to those not vaccinated, not those who are vaccinated, because obviously they're in less danger of COVID-19, it seems. He goes on to say in the email, the reason I'm saying is that I am in my 30s with no underlying health conditions. I don't plan to get the vaccination for a few years until I'm satisfied it's safe. I'm not anti-vaccine. And I have all my vaccinations, but I am cautious and don't feel I should be forced to get a vaccination just to keep my job. He said then, goes on to say, I was on a work WhatsApp group after the meeting and many of them were agreeing that they would not want to work with an unvaccinated person. And I just said nothing, as I don't want to get into an argument with my workmates about this, but I feel like it was pitting people against each other. I think this will be really unfair as it's forcing me to get a vaccine if I don't want to lose my job, essentially. Is this legal and is it fair? Now, from a legal point of view, at the moment, there is no legislation to allow an employer to fire you for not having a vaccine. There's also no legislation currently at the moment, although, as we all know, legislation changes on a daily basis in this country now because of COVID-19. There's no legislation to force you to prove to your employer that you're vaccinated. So if your employer, he's entitled to ask you, uh, says to you, listen, um, John, are you vaccinated? Uh, you don't have to be honest. You could turn around and say, yeah, even though you're not. You could say, yeah. Because he cannot say to you, well, can you prove it, please? Because under GDPR, he wouldn't be allowed to do that. He also wouldn't be allowed to segregate you without your permission. Because, again, he would be identifying you as somebody who's not been vaccinated. And, again, he that's under GDPR. Um, he wouldn't be allowed to do that. Also, if he is taking certificates off people for vaccinations, he would have to store them somewhere. And, again, if, he has to, if he's storing them under GDPR, he's storing your medical records, he wouldn't have permission to do that. So at currently at the moment, your employer has no right essentially to ask you if you're vaccinated or has no right essentially to ask you for proof of that. They probably could ask you, but it's entirely up to you whether you want to answer or not. So the question I wanted to ask, and we spoke to a few callers today and I want to get back to, to one or two of them if I can, was do you believe that's fair? Now, the government's plans to have all those who need vaccinations uh, will be vaccinated before the end of the year. That's if the plan goes according to plan, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, There is no mandatory vaccination plan at the moment. Now, there could be. The government could sign that into law. But you may be excluded from certain pleasures or a job, indeed, 
uh, if you don't get vaccinated already, one company in the UK advertised for workers who are vaccinated. You've already seen the ads from Ryanair, Jab and Fly or whatever it's called. Now, I know those ads were pulled for a different reason, um, but they did kind of advertise it. Qantas Airlines have already said they'd be looking for people to be vaccinated. Some of the other airlines have also suggested it as well. Michal Martin didn't rule it out when he was asked about it in an interview about people enjoying the pleasures of life, i.e. going to bars, restaurants, pubs, uh, large events, you know, the free arena, football matches, unless you'd been vaccinated, i.e. some sort of vax for, uh, vaccine passport. Where others will say, well, if you're vaccinated, why are you worried about people who are unvaccinated? Like, if I wasn't vaccinated and there was a heap of people in a pub and they were vaccinated, why are they worried about me being there? I'm the one who should be worried, really, if, obviously, if that's the case, shouldn't it? Well, I mean, although they say the vaccination, at the moment, they don't have the data to prove that it doesn't stop the spread of infection, although it seems to, to be honest with you, from what they're seeing from the evidence. Um, that wouldn't be a problem then anymore, sure it wouldn't, if they're all vaccinated. You'd have nothing to worry about. I suppose that's the argument, isn't it? So why are you worried about everybody else? We should all just worry about each other. We worry about ourselves. But some people say, well, it's unfair. Why should we risk having people who are not vaccinating walking in our midst, in our jobs, in our arenas, in our bars, in our restaurants? So I want to know, is it fair to exclude people from work or indeed anywhere who are not vaccinated from getting on a flight? Would you be happy to get on a flight knowing the guy two seats away from you is not vaccinated? Would that bother you? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Is it fair to exclude people who are not vaccinated? Let me know what you think. Um, let me go to Joe. Joe, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Joe? Good evening, Niall. How are you? How are you doing? Good, Joe. Now, Joe, with the rollout of the vaccine, although slow, although Stephen Donnelly keeps telling us Ireland are doing a great job, <laughs> yeah, we, we might be doing a great job from a percentage point of view, but from a numbers point of view, we're doing a disastrous job with, at the moment. With, with, with respect, no, no, Stephen Donnelly is the last person in the world that you want to believe when it comes to vaccines. <laughs> well, it would be like Mr. Bean giving out... Uh, Did you hear what he said the other day, right? This, I, I'm going to quote him what he said the other day, right? He was on Morning Ireland the other morning. Yeah. And he said, the 80-20 rule applies to a point that if you vaccinate 20% of people, you actually reduce the the risk by 80%. And then he said, this is what he said, now, those numbers are made up. They're not real numbers, but you understand the idea. In other words, he just made, right? Okay, he we, crap. We, we, we know you don't like him, Joe. That's fair and enough. Like I get it. Even the thought of listening to him, okay. like listening to a horror I get movie, it, you know? Joe. I get it. Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. He's useless. Yeah, some people think he's great, right? Okay, yeah. I'm just balancing it. Sorry, from <laughs> sorry, I don't think there's many would say he's great. No, be honest. Nah, well, you might, well, if anybody wants to come on the air just for a bit of balance there and think to say that Stephen Donnelly's brilliant, you're welcome to. All right? Oh well, you're welcome to it, but I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't back, I wouldn't bank in it. <laughs> Um, in the lines of the vaccinations, I think it's a bit, um, it depends if you're flying, uh, say if you're going on holiday now, depending what countries you're going to, it probably would be advisable. But uh, in the line of having going for re- uh, to restaurants and bars, I don't think to be advisable because like with respect, um, it's like putting a gun to your head really, isn't it? What do you mean? Well, kind of like you're going to a restaurant, right? Yeah. You could be going into a small restaurant, say. Okay, like, okay. Just say, like, uh, Dunn's in Cork, no, say. Right, okay. An RD cafe for a cup of tea or something. Are they expecting you, like, to be uh, vaccinated before you go into the restaurant? Well, 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 can I clearly point out, by the way, that Dunn's haven't put that issue out. But I'm just, I know you're using it as an example. So you're, so you're saying that 
if everybody else is vaccinated and you walk in and you're not vaccinated, who, who's at risk? The person, I suppose, who's not vaccinated is the one more at risk. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I imagine. Do you, know I you know what I think they're trying to do? I think they're trying to turn people into pariahs. You know what I mean? Oh, right, okay. Like, like oh, and so days, like when people you had, had a bell around your neck. Yeah, that's like if you're seen as a, you're kind of like a fugitive from the law, like or something that you'll be <laughs> carrying the virus, you're going to spread it from one to the other. Uh, be honest, I don't think it would work, Niall. I don't think, be honest, I think it would be a, a bit of a disaster, you know. And what about the idea of these kind of, they talked about vaccine passports. Now, they haven't oh, ruled yeah. it out in the UK, they haven't ruled it out here either. So, well, you know, the idea that you would have to carry one of these vaccine passports or it would be on a card of some description, that if you're going to a gig in the Three Arena or Croke Park or whatever, Parky Cueve or whatever it happens to be, or getting yeah. on a plane, that you'd have to produce this. I suppose if you're going to a gig, depending if the, the, what the gig is, I suppose it probably would be okay because you don't know how many you're going to be with the amount of... Uh, people that's going to be there, it might be different. But uh, probably for those kind of things, it would be okay. But for small events, like going to a pub or a restaurant, I don't think it would work at all, like, you know? Right, but you, you do think that it might be beneficial for larger events or going yeah, on, or getting on a plane or something? Yeah, if you go to an All-Ireland final, no, say, or um, yeah. an international rugby match or something, it possibly you would have to have it because... Um, it is the thing in some countries there, if you're going to, say, Thailand or something... Well, you, well, that's, well, yeah, but you have to vaccinations for different reasons going to those countries because there are yeah. quite infectious diseases yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah. typhoid and things like that and most yeah, people, and yeah, they, they've yeah. been around for years. But we don't have any mandatory vaccinations in this country. No, well, I don't agree with mandatory vaccinations. I think it needs to be taught out better, but you know yourself now, this government is kind of going at straws. They don't know what they're doing really. Like, you know? Yeah, well, that'd be true. Uh, but in relation to, say, the workplace, uh, do you believe that workplaces should have the right to say to staff who are not vaccinated where possible that they should work from home? Well, I suppose it depends, really. Uh, I wouldn't agree with it. Like, I think that's your kind of... Uh, it's like kind of... Um, you're treating the person kind of like... Uh, Differently. Or something... You know, if they're a bit of an oddball, really, aren't you? Yeah, well, maybe not an oddball, but you're treating them differently, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think to be fair, really, because I think uh, if we're supposed to be all equal in life, I think we should be all treated with the same respect, like, you know? Right, OK. And would you have an issue getting onto a plane if there was no vaccine, say, in a year's time? Yeah. Uh, you know, when planes are hopefully flying back in the sky and people are going to holidays yeah. again, if it <laughs> yeah. ever happens. But do, do you, yeah. would you be happy enough getting into a plane knowing that, say, 10 people on the 300 are not vaccinated? Would that bother Well, Well, it wouldn't bother me if I was going, going on a plane because it's, it's obvious you'd have to have the vaccination card for travelling because that would be the more high risk, wouldn't it? And, and you would agree with that? You would think that's, I would, that's yeah. logical? For, yeah. for, for, the, for international travel or for big concerts or big sporting events, you know. Right, okay, okay. And have, have you, what category are you in, Joey? Are you under 70 or you're, done, you're uh, under I'm 70? Four, I'm in my mid-40s. Ah, yeah, you're I'm not. A, I thought I'm you were a bit older than that, Joe. I'm asthmatic, like. I have oh. an asthma, I have asthma as well, so I don't know what category. Am I five or six? I don't know. Just, you know, at this stage, you would know where you're coming or going. Really. Yeah, well, I think you'll get it before me anyway, if you have asthma. Well, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm younger than you now, so by right, I don't yeah. know, but... Well, well, take me. Yeah, maybe I deserve it quicker than you. I haven't got long, yeah. as long left on this planet. Well, sure, listen. If we if we get it, I t- if we, if it came tomorrow morning, I think we'd all take it. Ah, sure, yeah, we all go down together. Let yeah, me, okay, exactly. let me stay there for a second. Let me go to John. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? How you doing, uh? Yeah, welcome back, John. Thank you very much indeed well, for joining the conversation with us again this evening. Okay, you've heard, right, you heard Joe that. He doesn't necessarily agree with it, but he thinks for larger events and for you know international travel, he believes that it should be something that we should look at. 
Well, at the end of the day, as I said earlier on today, the government, NEFA and the HSC, has no right to force anybody to take a vaccine. Let it be a concert, let it be a pub, let it be a holiday, let it be anything. It's a choice. If you want to take the... The way I pour out to the people there tonight is, if you want to take the vaccine, you take that vaccine. If somebody out there doesn't want to take the vaccine, they don't take it. Simple as. Simple as. But no government has any right to make anything mandatory. And this crap of face masks and all that, all that stuff was a, one minute was advisory and the next minute was mandatory. I'm sorry. There's no way. No, I'm not sorry. I have no faith in this government. I have no faith in effort. I have no faith in the HSC. And they have no right to tell people how to live or tell people what they can and cannot do. And then find them for going for a simple walk. I seen on the news there earlier, earlier on that they're out there now, that the police are out there finding people for just going and having a swim and what have you. Come on. Okay, okay. Well, they're, they're fine. It's not just having a swim. I believe it's for travelling outside their 5K area. It's ridiculous. Well, yes, some people believe it's ridiculous. Other people believe it's not. But okay, but, it's a okay, but John, on. in relation to what Joe is saying, Joe is basically all he's saying is that you should, I suppose, if you're going to an event for your own safety, if you're not vaccinated and COVID-19 is still loitering around for your own safety, uh, you know, you should avoid those areas. And I suppose that these big events have a duty of care to you as an unvaccinated person. Person not to let you in. Well, as I said earlier on, and as I said uh, to your previous callers there earlier on today, we had flu in this country. We had bad flu in this country. And people still went to gigs and they still went to uh, restaurants and they still went here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. The government wasn't but to vulnerable them. people, obviously, this is more dangerous than the Yeah, flu. but the point was the government wasn't pushing any of this 1947 legislation. They weren't pushing any of these restrictions and lockdowns, but suddenly because we have COBRA, and COBRA is part of the flu family, correct me if I'm wrong. It's part of the cold family, the coronavirus family. The coronavirus family. So it's not new in the sense that it's a new infection. It's actually Mm. part of... It's just, well, it's a more virulent version. It's a new strain of it. It's a more more contagious strain. Yes. So the fact of the matter is, this is nothing new for humanity. But at the end of the way, you, if I was to listen to government, you would swear this was absolutely something that just came from space. The Black Death, and like you think it's the. In other words, what you're saying to say is yeah, you believe it's grossly exaggerated. Well, you, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't deny a lot of people have died from it, John. No, a lot of people have died from A lot of people have, sadly have died from A lot of people have died from the flu as well. And a lot of people have died from a lot of stuff. Yep. But the fact of the matter is this, this government now have never been, they've never came out and said, right, here's the two sides of COVID. I want the people of this country to look at the two sides and then decide which is right and which is wrong. All we're getting is the one side, the one narrative from the government all the side, all the time, the same scientific advisors and all the rest of it and we're not getting the other side of it and that just gets my wick uh, okay, okay. I, and, and, I, and I get that and I agree essentially with what you're saying in relation to the way the media have portrayed COVID-19 that, um, yes you are as well. Well, and, and by the way I want to disca- I, I want to not include myself in that word media because I think I've been fair and balanced throughout the whole thing you have, you have. you're okay. the only one now okay well, one. well okay thanks for that and, and, I, and I do appreciate that but, but okay in well, rela- seriously I'm not saying it because I'm not saying it just to you know arse looking here I'm saying genuinely you were the only one who actually put on an alternative view Nobody else bothered to do that because while we were spoon-fed with the same narrative all the time and people are supposed to go, yeah, I'm going to stop living because the government told me to do so. No, it's ridiculous. Well, well, Joe, John believes it's ridiculous. He'll be discriminated against on those grounds, you know. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, by the way, John, would you, would you sign, if, let's say, you're, you're walking into the Three Arena or Crow Park 
and the guy at the gate says to you, right, can I see your, your vaccination card? Yeah. And you say, well, I'm not vaccinated. And he'll go, well, oh, that's fine. Can you just sign this waiver here just to say that if anything happens to you, you catch it, COVID? Yeah. Would, you, would you be happy to do yeah. that? Because it's my responsibility. Because if I catch COVID, it's my as I said today, I'm only responsible for me, nobody else. And if somebody said they're a concert, let's say I was going to see Simple Minds or something, uh, he said, listen, I'm I sorry. I don't know which would be worse, getting the COVID or going to see Simple Minds, hey, to be honest with you. Sorry, sorry. Simple Minds. I was never a fan, John. I was never I know, a fan, John. No, not many people are. But let's put it this way. If I was going to I think, see I think I'll take my chances with the COVID. No, I, I mean, if somebody said to me, if somebody said to me, Eric, you know, you can go in there, uh, you have to sign this waiver, and if you get COVID, it's your own problem. So you yeah, fine. I'm going to, I'm going to watch a gig. I'm not going to worry about COVID. End of. Good luck. Mm. Okay, well, Joe, is that fair enough? It's his own responsibility. And, you know, and there's no way he would be, you know, taking any vaccines or feels he should be disclu- or, um, not included, I suppose. Yeah, That's he should be forced right. and not included to go to venues or whatever it is. I do agree. I do agree with uh, John there. What he said, he's right that nobody should be bullied into taking, to getting a, a vac- um, what do you call a, a vaccine, a vaccine uh, you know, unless you really think that it is necessary because... Uh, you, he did hit it on the head there. There's a lot of scaremongering going on with this uh, virus, especially from the the tunnel vision media like RT, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, w- it would be it would be good. I mean, don't get me wrong. The vac- obviously, the virus is dangerous to uh, a vulnerable group of people, and it's ge- it's generally dangerous. But but we have to portray the good news story. The good news story is the mortality rate on it is very very low. It is very thankfully, low. there's only two million people dead at the moment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, it, it is. I mean, uh, you know, on the big scheme of things. The vast majority of people will not get very unwell. The vast majority of people who do get very unwell will not die. Uh, but right. sadly, some people will die. That, that's yeah. just the fact of the matter. I think yeah. we, need, we need to make sure that people are aware of that because you don't want to scare people to death either. Yeah. Okay, we'll, st- we'll stay there both of you for a second. Let me just go to Dermot as well. Dermot, you're a classic kid. How are you doing, Dermot? Uh, good evening to you. Okay, you heard John there. He doesn't believe there should be any idea of a mandatory vaccination or the idea that your boss should force you to get it or a venue should force you to get it or even a plane for that matter. Well, the first thing, the first thing I'm going to say, I haven't listened to your previous caller. Um, he says, "Ah, it's just a flu. It's only a dis." Well, no, he didn't. That. He didn't say that. He didn't say it was just a flu. He didn't say that. If you, what you're, you're taking. No, what you're doing is taking away context. He asked. He, he, a, he asked me the question: Was it in the same family as the flu? And I said, "No, it's a coronavirus, like a cold." No, I but like but it. obviously a more contagious version. That's what that's what he said. No, no, no. no. Okay, hold well, hold, so okay, Jeremy, don't misquote him. Hold your horse. I'm just asking not to misquote him. That's all. Contagious, no, reward that contagious means it's easily passed on. I'm talking about the symptoms of it. Yes, and a lot more dangerous. So we said that too. I'm now possibly had to a month out of this um, since I, I contracted this virus or from the symptoms of it, and I still have the symptoms. Yeah. This is not a flu, or even. A, a he didn't say it was. Flu. He didn't say this it was. Goddamn, this is a goddamn serious fucking health issue because I'm still suffering with major aches and pains, major. Um, Mm-hmm. gastro and or uh, what do you call it, abdominal pains a whole lot and they will not go away and I've been on to my doctor and he said there's nothing much we can do this is the side effects of this virus this, you, you might be okay next week or I could be talking in six months and you still feel the same but you t- okay I remember you I remember you coming on to me when you had it right and you said it yeah. knocked you out and then I remember talking to you then about two weeks ago was it and you said you were feeling a lot better I, well, of course I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better. I mean, are you feeling unwell again now? Is it, is it, no, have you no, taken no, a, a turn no. for the worst? No, I haven't. I'm just curious. Taken, uh, no, I haven't taken a turn for the worst. But the point is, from where I was at the initial stage, at the height of it, 
what I when I was talking to you last week, um, you said, "Well, you feel a lot better." Yeah, I said compared to what I was. Oh, okay. The point is, I'm not better. I mean, in my whole. Oh yeah. Well, look. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, a virus. You know, if you get a bad dose of any virus, it could knock you out for a long time. It really can. Yeah. It can take a lot out because virus. it's a, it's a huge toll. It takes a huge toll on your body, particularly if you get a bad, you know, a bad dose right. of it. Absolutely. absolutely, there's no doubt about that. And unfortunately, sadly, it can kill some people. Absolutely, it can. So, okay, so 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 what's the no, so what's the point you're making in relation to vaccinations? You know, um, do you believe um, the workplace should have the right to say to staff who don't want to be vaccinated, "Well, then you're not coming in here, so you either work from home or you're out the door." Well, I mean, if you're an employer, as I said to Ash on, on before I come on to you there, you have a, you have a, an office of of a hundred people, all in close um, contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 50% of them, 50 of the 100 are vaccinated and have, have proof that they're vaccinated. The other 50 are still, oh, fucking no, I'm not getting that vaccine, no way, blah, blah, blah. What type of an atmosphere is that going to create in the office? It is not going to be a normal situation because the, because the 50% that are vaccinated is, are going to look at... I would like to be sitting at a desk and looking across two feet, three feet away at somebody who has this theory that oh, I'm not getting the vaccine, I'm not getting the vaccine. But, but okay, but if you're, let me say if you're in an office, right, and John is sitting opposite you, right, and John yeah. said he's not getting vaccinated, and that's his choice not to get vaccinated if he doesn't want to, right, and you're looking at him going, the bastard's not getting vaccinated. What, what difference does it make to you that John is not vaccinated? It did, I don't, well, the thing about it is... If you're vaccinated and, and you're not going to get any serious symptoms anymore because you're okay, vaccinated right. from it, <clears throat> well, what, 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 difference, what difference will it make to you? I'm just curious. That's up up to debate because there's absolutely no doctor on the planet has thrown around and said that if you get uh, even the two two doses of the vaccination, that's a serious. Well, the Pfizer vaccine has 95% efficacy. So, you know, the the, the chances are very slim. They're very slim in the first place of of, of you succumbing to death from sitting opposite to John in the first place, but they're even 95% slimmer because you're now vaccinated. So, so where where would be the problem? Like, I can't, I can't. Can I I get back in there? Okay, well, John, okay, the point he's making is, John, if he gets vaccinated in the workplace, you're basically being irresponsible by sitting across from him. No, the point, I, the first point I'd like to make is that anybody who gets a severe dose of the flu could be knocked for six. I'm knocked for six okay, for yeah. a while. Okay, so and, and, and John, I, I, do, uh, John I do want to be concerned. We can't keep talking about it like this. I don't want to be comparing it with the flu because well, it's, a, it's an individual virus. You can do what you want. It's an individual virus, right? And this particular virus, it's been proved, is certainly to those in more vulnerable groups, is a lot more dangerous than the flu. No, no, the point about it is, Niall, it is part of the flu family, if you want to put no, it No, it's not. It's, it's part of the, corona, the coronavirus the family. The coronavirus yeah. family. Okay. okay, so it's part of that family. That's the point I was making, yes. number one. Second point in that gentleman's, uh, what he was saying there, if he had the vaccine and I hadn't got the vaccine, that's my choice at the end of the day. Not his. Or not, or not, no, not, not, not in the I, government. John, 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 can I just ask you a question? Uh, yeah, go on. Can you get ahead of somebody like yourself? When this all kicked off last March, and nobody, and we, we all went into lockdown, and nobody knew exactly what this virus was all about. March, April, May, the whole world yeah. was in a panic because or whatever. Were you sitting at home thinking, "I don't give a fuck"? When did he ever make a vaccine? No, I tell you why. I tell you why I was thinking at home, and I'm still thinking today. We don't have the full facts of this virus. We don't know exactly. What it is, what it's not. No, 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 get- I think it would be fair to say, John, no, we, we, we have a lot we have a lot of facts. We only have the one side of facts. We don't have no. the alternative side of the facts of this. And well, yeah, John, until I get I, both I, sides of the facts, then I will uh, make a decision on it, whether it's uh, dangerous or not. But it, the point is, 
if you in an office want to get the vaccine, you get the vaccine. But if people out there are want to go to a show or whatever, but if people out there genuinely feel scared in getting the vaccine, because there's a lot of people that will say, yeah, the vaccine's great, but I don't trust it. So you're going to say to them people, okay, you get that vaccine, whether you trust her or not, or whether you agree with her or not, you take that because I'm telling you to take it. And the government's telling you to take it. Nepa's telling you to take it. The HSE saying it. Yeah. Are you going to force people to take a vaccine because you tell them to do it? Is that is someone will come down to? Yeah, I know what you're saying. What I'm trying to do is get in on your thinking. When this kicked off, it frightened the shit out of the whole world for the first Four, three or four months of, uh, from March, April, May of last year. I would year. be sceptical about what the whole thing, I can I'm tell you now. What were you thinking of then while everybody in the world... Mm, do, well, it is, John. Okay, well, well, hang on, hang on, John. It's a good question. The point is, when we went back to this very start when the country closed down first and we were seeing WhatsApp videos of people, and I'm sure we all remember those videos, of people dropping dead in China on the streets. Now, it turns out, we now know that I don't know who was putting those videos out. Nobody was dropping dead on streets. That didn't happen, right? It it clearly was fake news, right? Because we know from all over the world, nobody has ever literally just dropped dead on the street of COVID-19. That doesn't happen. Okay, unless you're not getting looked after for earning a medical intervention or something like that. Okay, but the point is, like everybody else, surely at that point, John, you must have been a little bit worried, like everybody else, because we didn't know what this was. And at the time, we were told there was a 5% mortality rate, which means five in every 100 people would die if they got it, right? And that was what we were led to believe at the start. Now, we learned a lot more about the virus as time went on. We now know the mortality rate is an awful lot lower than that. Um, so in saying that, were you not a little bit concerned at the start? No, Niall, because medically, I wanted to know where this was going to go. And to be quite honest, I want to see the both sides of this issue, this coronavirus, COVID-19 issue. I want to see... The alternative view, and, and I want to see all the facts. And these, this idea that the government what puts he, out what figures is, every what night. Is John, John, but John, with all due respect, what is the, this alternative? Every the, the top doctors okay. in the world, well, the hundreds I mean, of billions that has been. Hang on, John. The hundreds yeah, of billions, on, of billions, of billions that have been spent trying to get this vaccine up and running in order to get the world back on its feet. And you're sitting there in your armchair, going, "Well, I'm not taking it. And I'm not this." And you're sort of saying, "Well, the, the alternative facts." The whole world, every country on earth, and all the doctors from all these countries are all on one saying that this is a I wouldn't, I would, with the greatest respect, Emily, I wouldn't agree that all the doctors are saying the same thing. They're not. There are many doctors not saying the same thing. There are many doctors who are quite dubious about PCR testing. There are many doctors who don't agree with lockdowns. There are many doctors who don't agree that COVID-19 is as dangerous as being made out to be. But you don't hear from those in the media because they're generally not allowed or they lose their jobs if they open their mouth. So, so, in fa- so in fairness, Dermot, it would be unfair to say that every doctor is on the same page. That's many that's many right. are. Many are. But no, that's what I want to say in this conversation, that the alternative view is not allowed. And if anybody even makes an alternative view, oh, they put down as, oh, you're, you, you know, you don't believe in COVID and you're this, that, and you're, and you're a spreader and all this kind of stuff. The fact of the matter is all, these, all the full evidence has not been put out for the people's consumption to have a look, to go through and say whether it's dangerous or not. And there is alternative views out there from scientists saying your lockdown is not working, your restrictions aren't working. You have countries there who haven't any lockdowns. Sweden, isn't that the country there who haven't got... Well, there's a better example at the moment. If you go to America, for example, California's had a very strict lockdown and has more deaths than Florida, who've had no lockdown since last July, I think. So, so, okay, so you can go into all those comparisons. And yes, there is published papers out there that suggest that lockdowns don't actually work. But then again, people, other doctors will argue with that and publish other papers. So I suppose you can find papers to believe any, or to prove anything you want them to prove. 
So, John, I have, so John, I have to ask the obvious question. What is your issue with taking the vaccine? My issue, like anybody with the vaccine, is it's rushed. And it's I what? would not. He said he feels it's rushed. Vaccine. And I would like to see down the line, maybe two, six months down the line, had anybody got negative uh, effects from it. Because, you okay, know, well, then let me, well, then let me ask you the question, John. Okay, let me ask you this question. Say six months down the line or a year down the line, right? Yeah, yeah. Even a year down the line. You know, the side effects are no more than any other vaccine. And let's be clear about this. All vaccines can have some side effects. Uh, and, and usually on a very small percentage of the population. And the benefits will outweigh the negatives when it comes to vaccinations, generally speaking, in society. When we look back to the years and years and years of vaccinations that we have, they have saved billions of lives. They've eradicated diseases like smallpox, et cetera, et cetera, right? So if you look in a year's time and you say, okay, there's been very little in relation to side effects, you are going to have some. Yeah, there's, there's going to be the odd person might die. There's going to be the odd person who might have an unusual illness from the vaccine. There might be the odd side effect of, you know, uh, what they call localised, you know, a rash or something like that that some people might get or feeling a bit dizzy or something like that. But generally speaking, those are quite rare. So are you saying to me, if that's all right and just, t- you know, tallies with most other vaccines, that you'd be happy enough to get it then? No, what I am saying, Jen, the same to that other gentleman there on the phone, is that someone's down the line, it'll be my choice whether I want to take her or not. And if I feel it's safe, then it's still my choice to take her or not. This well, wait, wait, no, no, the, point, the point is, if you feel it's safe in a year, will you take it? I would be dubious. I would, I would so in other not, words, are you just... I would be dubious. Are you, well, let me ask you straight out. Are, you, are, are you anti-vaccine, John? I'm not. I'm not anti-vaccine, <laughs> but on this one, I would be slightly... Okay, well, okay. The fact that do you have children? I'm just curious, John. Do you have children? No, God, no, no, I don't. Oh, God, no. What do you mean, God, no? <laughs> Come on. Okay, but if you, if you did have children, would you get them childhood immunizations, vaccines? Yeah, I got all that stuff, yeah. Okay, all right, okay. So you don't have any, an issue with that, okay. So but, your, your issue, basically, your, your issue, John, is... He's with, just with this vaccine. The vaccine, was, the vaccine was created. No, my issue, just to put it into clarity here for both of you, is the fact of the matter is, it is a person's choice whether they want to get this vaccine or not. Mm-hmm. End of story. Mm-hmm. That's it, bottom line. Okay, Jeremy, that's the one thing I will agree with him on, even though I am pro-vaccine, and I always have, and I'm sure you, you know that from listening to the show on a regular basis. For many years, I've always been pro-vaccine, but I've always said, even though I'm pro-vaccination, that I believe that people who are anti-vaccination or who don't like the idea of vaccines should also be entitled to refuse it too, that it's a, it's a, it's no, a personal I choice. I don't, I don't think that any, uh, any um, country on this planet at the moment is forcing their population to get vaccinated. I do not think that people are being... Well, you, well, you are being forced. If, if the suggestion, and Michal Martin said it himself, or suggested himself, if there's a That's suggestion that you can't get on a plane, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go to a pub, or you can't go to an event without being vaccinated, well, then you are being forced to be vaccinated. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's, that depends on... Like, you're talking about an employer. An employer employs people. Mm-hmm. He makes the rules at the end of the day. And if he feels that half his... Whether you like it or not, if he is not happy, that that. But John would be happy to sign a waiver. He'd be happy for his employer to say to him, "Well, look, if you haven't been vaccinated, John, can you just sign this, just saying I'm not responsible if you get COVID and die?" So he's he's happy for John to sign a waiver. No, I would I'd look as I already said. Look, at the end of the day, it was a gig. Whatever the case was, going to. He'd sign a waiver. If somebody said to me, "Look, it's, you know, you you're in charge of your own body, so you're in charge." My of your body, own my body. choice. 
well, yeah, if you want to go back to that line as well. <laughs> but the fact is, Niall, you know, you're in charge of your own decision, your own body. So at the end of the day, you don't have to take something that you don't agree with. And if somebody said to you, OK, well, listen, everybody else is vaccinated here in this gig. I use the gig because I, you know, gigs are more what I'd be thinking about is that somebody said, look, there's a whole show in there going on. You can go in all right, but you take the responsibility on of ending up with COVID-19. The fact of the matter is there's nobody, you know, that, that's fine with me. I would take that. You do, John, I, you, do have a, you do have a fair argument, and I'm not disagreeing that... I would uh, have no problem in that, doing that. that, 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 that yeah, we're, we're, we'd be trying to come in a state if, um, if we're told, take this or else. I, I, I do, I do. Like, no, okay, well, ha- well, hang on. I have to go to loads of other people. Stay there the two years. Stay there the two years. Yeah, I'll, I'll organise it. Ring in the two years. Can have a good old scrap. Let me just go to Sharon. Sharon, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Sharon? Hi, Niall. How are you? How you doing, Sharon? I mean, okay, this came from an email that a guy sent in that his company will be bringing people back to the office in August. But the likelihood is, according to the Zoom call they have with the line managers, those who are not vaccinated will be continuing to work from home. And there's a possibility in the future of downsizing, and they didn't say it, but hinted at the fact that those first out the gap will be the ones that are not vaccinated. Is is that fair? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because once once you start losing autonomy over your own body, you know, once you once our your rights are starting to be eroded, that that's not good. Uh, my my only thing is what John said. It's very early days for the vaccine. I mean, they seem to come out very, very quick. Mm, there, is an um, ar- there is an argument with that, but I suppose the argument they will make is they, it came out so quickly because the world was focused on it. Every laboratory in the world that is responsible for researching vaccines, you know, Pfizer and Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, every single one, AstraZeneca, yeah. they, were, they were all suddenly focused on one thing with an, an infinite amount of money to do it being yeah. pumped money by every government in the world to do it. So there was no yeah. shortage of manpower to, to research it. So that's why it came out so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I do understand that. But I think there's an elephant in the room. And Niall, I think you're fantastic. Of all the broadcasters, you're the only one who seems to, to look at all sides of things. So well, thank you for that. That's why I thought I would, I would, you know, love to speak to you about it. What are you on What about Joe Duffy? Good afternoon, I'm welcome to the Lloyd Line. Wash your hands. Don't get what me that? started. But seriously, guys, seriously, yeah. I, I think that, um, oh, I'm, I'm going off my point. Oh, no, okay, go on. You were saying no, about no, looking no, at two sides of it. Yeah. I think there's an elephant in the room, and the elephant for me is, and I've kept quiet about this for months, but I feel I have to speak out now. There are a lot of platforms. You know, we're lucky enough to have an age of information where we don't just have to look at, you know, um, the media that we normally have. There are a lot of new platforms and there are a lot of people saying a lot of things. Now, I know there's a label, conspiracy theorists, right? Mm -hmm. But there are also a lot of doctors, as I think John said, and you said yourself, not every doctor is agreeing. You know, some doctors are saying, you know, um, that not every treatment might suit everybody. Like yeah. one, one It's not a one-size-fits-all, of course. All. Yeah. And also, the nat- a lot of the naturopath doctors as well, you know, are saying different things could be used 
I mean, and you're right. We we do have a great choice in media and information now, but we have, with that choice of media, that we don't just have a TV channel called RTE anymore. We have, Mm. you know, you have Twitter and you have Facebook and you have the internet and the World Wide Web. You have everything else, right? Everything to look at. And you can listen to radio stations and news stations from all over the world now if you want to. But with that choice also comes the opportunity for you then to decide what's misinformation and what's not misinformation. And it's very easy to get sucked into some of the yeah. really strange stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some good stuff out there that, you know, makes you think, and that's fair enough. I understand. But there's some very strange information out there too. Yeah, yeah, I know. But where I'm coming from my, is... My, from my, point on, my point on this is simply that do you expect the world to wait, like the normal vaccine um, in the past, it would take... Three, five years, five, five years minimum, seven. minimum, yeah. Minimum five years, sometimes yeah. seven, sometimes even ten years to, to clear the vaccine 100% mm-hmm. and has been proven to. The world cannot live like this. It's, it's not like it, it, it's something that um, we have plenty of time. We've years to start it out because the world is turning and everybody's grand. The world is at yeah. a standstill. Every country on earth is at a standstill, is in lockdown. Yeah. And not every country in the world is spoofing it up. Every, every, yeah, every country is in lockdown. So they have no... Well, there is, there, is, there, is a, there is an argument there in relation to that. Should every country yeah. actually be in lockdown in the first place? A lot of people, and a lot of people who are very qualified, a lot more qualified than you and me, Dermot, believe the country shouldn't yeah. be in lockdown. And never yeah, should have been. Said about immunity, you know, everybody's locked up, so how can any antibodies be developed? And uh, I don't know, I'm not scientific, but mm. there are an awful lot of things to consider, and I just feel it's... You know, okay, well, well if, that's the case, if, that's the case, if that's the case, there's 170 or 180 countries in the world, there's 8 billion people. Why is not one country fighting back against this? As you say... Well, I, I, I think, I, and I made a point that I don't believe, and it's just a personal opinion, that we would be in this position today where I wouldn't even be talking about it, I don't imagine. No, I think it would have all stopped last July. Uh, I don't believe we'd be talking about it today. I don't believe we'd be in this position today. I don't be- believe we'd be having lockdowns if it wasn't for social media. I think social, I think government policy, public policy around the world has been driven by social media. And it's been driven by a lot of virtue signaling, as well as the fact that I'm not discounting the fact that people have died, because I know people have died, but it has been driven by social media. And if we look, if we look at everything that's happened, it's been driven by social media, constantly been driven by social media. So I, I, I don't believe, I, I do believe we would be acting responsibly as a world to get rid of a virus. I'm not saying that wouldn't be the case, but in relation to lockdowns and every decision we're making, like somebody points out quite clearly. I mean, I mentioned before we spent seventeen trillion dollars, trillion dollars. Um, on vaccines, or on this, or should I say on COVID-19. $17 trillion on COVID-19 so far in the world. That's not including the loss of money to the economies around the world. Can you imagine, Dermot, how many lives in this world we could save if we spent $17 trillion on cancer? A third of the people of the world die of cancer. You, you, have a, you, you do have a fair point. But, but context, you, context. You're, you're, forever, you're forever asking everyone that ever comes on on this, this program um, about this uh, subject, what would they do, what would they do? What, in, in your mind, what would you do with Ireland that uh, is now, it, it, there's no point in talking about the past, what would you do tomorrow? I would lift all the restrictions. The I would lift all the restrictions and the money that I spent on COVID-19 in this country, which is billions in this country, oh, billions, billions. And, and the money that's going to be subsequently lost over the next two years to our economy, which in, invariably would take more lives, by the way, through hardship, poverty, despair, that money I would have spent long ago 
on protecting people in care homes and protecting those who are most vulnerable and, and increasing the dem- and increasing the supply in the HSE. But we're in, but unfortunately, we're in a stranglehold because every, there's no point in any one country opening, be it maybe, okay, America, a superpower like the States or China or whatever. I, wouldn't, I would not there's be restricting no, people's no lives. There's no point in a country opening. So you just asked me so. Well, no, I'm only answering the question. You asked me the, what I would do and I told you all the money that's been spent in COVID-19 I would be spending on protecting people in care homes. Like the most obvious thing that I suggested to Stephen Donnelly when he was on the air with me the last time he was on the air which, two weeks before he became Minister for Health and he was happy to come on to give out about Simon Harris. The last thing I said to him was and I remember it clearly was I said to him why don't they do antigen tests on all the staff Going into care homes every single day would take five minutes. Antigen tests. Five minutes is all it would take. And it would be they're ninety-five percent ninety-seven percent effective. And it would ensure and it would ensure that it didn't get in. You look at the people who are still dying in care homes, considering there's no visitors to the care homes, the only place they could be getting it is from the staff. So and yeah. by the way, I'm not blaming the staff for that. I'm not going to start emotionally blackmailing people. I'm blaming staff have to live their lives. They have to go to a supermarket to get fed, they have to go to a restaurant or to shops or whatever it happens to be. So that's not the staff's fault. You know what I mean? Well, the thing about it is, the okay. thing about it is, the, the business. Sorry, Pat, I'll let you in one second. This is I'm in in um, dealing with with uh, patients. I won't go into it anyway. And uh, the amount of patients, particularly older patients, that I bring from A to B in wheelchairs, they go in with a broken hip or a broken this or a broken that, mm-hmm. and they're in their seventies or eighties, and they have to go for rehabilitation. And nine times out of ten, they contract the virus when they go to the hospital. I know, I know, and they that that. And by the way, you could stop that tomorrow. If we decided, and, and I know Hikwa have already done a paper, a released paper, but last October, which has been sitting on Donnelly's desk probably since last October, in relation to antigen testing and recommendations for it, we should be antigen, antigen testing all staff looking after those who are vulnerable. So you want to say something? Well, well hang on, hang on, let's let, 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 let it rack it again there. Sorry, go ahead. Let's see, there's, there's one good solution already. Why isn't that being done? I haven't even heard anyone else discuss that. As a matter of, you know, as a matter of, I've always wanted to ask you this question. The right? tests are a fiver each, by the way. They come in yeah. from India. They cost been, nothing. Niall, you've been banging on. I've seven of them out in the office out there. Sorry, you yeah, said it again. Niall, you've been, <laughs> you, Niall, you've been banging on, and rightly so, over the last couple of months, that you cannot get anybody in in um, from Leicester House, any minister on. No, they won't come on my show anymore, no. No, and what is the legality? You are a national airway. What is the difference between 4FM and RTE? Is there any legal... Well, we're not. We're an independent broadcaster. They have no obligation to come on the airway. No legal obligation. Well, they have an obligation to speak to the people of the country. Yeah, they do. They do, but they don't care. I mean, you know... Do you think they care? If if I feel you are... If I feel your programme is the only broadcaster who is actually taking everything into consideration, thinking intelligently... You know, I love, and I, I would, would like love, my government yeah, to be would, represented and come on. You now, know, in fairness, uh, some politicians have come on. I mean, Patrick Tobin comes on the show regularly. Michael McNamara comes on the show regularly. I've had Dahi Doolan from Sinn Féin on regularly. Pierce uh, Doherty's been on the show regularly. Uh, so some politicians, Sinn Féin mainly, by the way, uh, have come on, because they're in opposition, I suppose. <laughs> they have come on, uh, and independent TDs have come on, but I can't get anybody from Fianna Gael to come on the show, or Fianna Fáil for that no, matter. No, and the thing about it is, the thing about it is... And there's, by the way, just to clarify, Ashling emails them, I would say, would it be fair to say Ashling once a week? It, hold on, I, well, I can't switch on there at the moment because I'm using the line, but it would be fair to say once a week, wouldn't it? About once a week. We emailed them all and asked it's them. An absolute, it's an absolute disgrace. It is, there's no other word. And I oh, we've been, no, I've no doubt we've been blacklisted. You know? And I've said it time and time again that I believe Stephen Donnelly is a card for not wanting to come on the show. But stay there for a second. Let me just go to Pat. Have a time to go to Pat before the break. Pat, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Pat? 
Neil, how are you keeping uh, first time talking to you, know, boys? Though, so, uh, well, lovely to have you on the air, Pat. It's great to uh, hear a first time caller. And um, take it easy, you know. Till I'm not doing it all in, in Dundalk. You know, I'm a cock man. Neil, I have to cover it. Social media is driving this, and Sharon, the last lady, saying about this injection, right? Um, how many staff in the health board have taken the flu injection? Well, have taken the flu injection. Well, there was an article mm-hmm. yesterday in the paper in relation to yes. the numbers of health staff. They didn't speak about flu, but they talked about COVID-19. And they're not keeping a record of it. So they don't... They, and I, I don't know. I, that's a really good question. I don't know why not. They have no record of how many staff or HSE staff or doctors or nurses are refusing to take the vaccine. So they have no record of that. Okay. So now, can I say to you now, Nashling, you are not to smoke anymore? Sorry, said again? Can I say to you now, Nashling, you're not to have a cigarette anymore? How would you react to that? I'd say I'll choose to give up smoking when I feel like it. Correct. Okay, so yeah. I choose to take that vaccine if I want to take it. I am pro-vaccine. I worked in the health board for over 35 years. I worked when we had MRSA in 1980. We still have MRSA in 2021. You started off your show today brilliantly, and I mean this. Forget about J.D. and his roses today, Okay. You started off the show today about the rugby match in Cardiff yesterday. All players were two metres apart. Yep. Ten seconds later, there They're were scrubbing. Like lines. Absolutely, right? Yeah. So what is the difference between those people on the pitch and you and I? Well, the argument is those people on the pitch are tested before every match and so during training. So, so, so why can't I be tested? Well, you can. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, and now the problem is we're not we don't seem to be that far advanced now I know in the UK Boris Johnson is sending out thousands of test kits to businesses all across the country antigen test kits because they're very cheap they only cost a bit of fiver they're like a little pregnancy test right and now they're not but to clarify for people who run out to buy a pregnancy test tomorrow they're not pregnancy you don't pee on a stick or anything like that right but they're mm-hmm. basically just a, you, you put it down the back of your throat you put in a little drop of this stuff and you put two drops into the thing uh, into a little casket like a pregnancy test and it gives you two bars one bar or three bars a couple of minutes later now they're 97% accurate according to the manufacturers so I don't right. know why they can't be used as an alternative and I remember that interview you had with Donnelly just before we became uh, the Minister for Wealth, or sorry, the Minister for Health, sorry. <laughs> but what I, sorry, I've been smart there. I know. Would Dermot take a passenger from Dublin Airport to Belfast if he didn't have the um, COVID test? Dermot, he's still there. Yeah. Passenger. yeah. I would, of course, absolutely, 100%. I don't, well, I suppose because I've caught the virus and I'm coming out the fire. No, no, I, th- I think the point he's making is no. would, you, would, you take, would you take a passenger from Dublin Airport to Belfast? I would, of course, yeah, why not? But is that not breaking a restriction? Thank you. No, is it? Well, hang on a minute now. Hang on, hang on. A well, I'm only saying. If I, it's quite simple. Would you I, ask him, is it a necessary journey? It's not my business oh. to ask him anything. It's not my business to ask any passenger anything. What, what, but, it, but it is your business no, to ask, on, to find, on. to know if somebody else is vaccinated. Look at Thank you. It's quite simple. It's a simple, you've asked a question, and one, the, the way it worked was, I'd arrive, I'd arrive at the Dublin airport, I'd pick up John, and John wants to go to Belfast. Mm. I'd say that's grand, John. No problem. I'm not going to ask John his his medical history or anything about him. Or has he got the virus? Or has he did? Because it's not your time. business. Yeah. No, it's not my business. He'll get okay. The car Fair and enough. Drive out at the airport, and he'll meet a checkpoint. The check, the copper won't say nothing to me. Not a word. He'll open the back door of the car, and he'll he'll question your man, and he'll make a decision on whether he's going any further. And if yeah, but it's not your. Yeah, the point is, not, the point you made it very well. It's not your business. 
It's not my business. Okay, no more than the point I suppose Pat is making is if he's working with you or if he's going to a gig, you know, in the Tree Arena or Parky Cueve and you happen to be there, it's none of your business whether he's vaccinated or not. Correct. I agree. I absolutely... No, 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 no. Hang on a minute. I never turned around and say, I'll be pointing fingers going, you fucker, you didn't get vaccinated and I did. What are you... Are you fucking mad in the head? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers to anybody. I'm just... But isn't that what the government are doing? By they're they're almost pitting people against each other, and that's that's yeah, what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, and from March, sorry, Dermot, sorry. Well, actually, can, can the two years hold on? And I'm going to come to Nigel as well after the break. And Sharon, if you want to stay there, you can. Uh, I've loads of people who want to talk to us on this. Please stay with me, uh, please, Pat. If you or I should say, Pat and uh, Dermot, and also stay there as well, Nigel. Or who, I'm at the losing line for the who's on line for? Is he gone? Okay, Sharon, yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087-188-008. Pat, Dermot, stay with me. You need to let me go to Nigel if I can. Nigel, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Nigel? Nigel, how are you doing, mate, again? Uh, Nigel, nice to talk to you. Uh, Nigel, do you think that... Uh, see, it's not mandatory, but when you read an email like the one I got at the start of the show where a guy is kind of... He feels he's been threatened with his job if he doesn't get vaccinated or his job may be limited if he's vaccinated. Do you believe that's, that's acceptable? Scandalous. 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 Absolutely scandalous. Right, okay. Well, Dermot understands the logic you know, behind it because you, we must Dermot all Dermot understands the logic behind it unless he's sitting in the back of his car getting the 200 quid to bring him to Belfast. And then he leave it down to the guards. He leave it to somebody else to make that decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. How are the young guys in there? there is, it's got nothing to do with me. What, do you, what exactly is it you want me to do? If somebody get puts the hand out and says, or he goes to the airport and says, listen, can you take me to Belfast or take me to Bray or take me to wherever? I'm saying that, well, are you COVID positive or negative? And they say, well, I think I'm negative. I'd say, okay, well, I'm not taking you unless you have proof that you're negative. You know, it's not my business. If, if, if I'm in the business of, of carrying people from A to B, Nigel, it, and I get stopped at a checkpoint, well, let the guards, it's their decision. I have no authority to refuse somebody or to do this, that, and the other. If a guard stops this guy at going to Belfast at Dublin Airport and says, well, you have no good reason to be going to Belfast, get out of the car, and then he gets out of the car. Problem solved. But you do agree with mandatory vaccinations in the workplace? For me? Yeah. Yes, I do. That's what I'm That's talking about. Point. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's total yeah. double standard. It is. Double standard. It's total double standard. So you want them it to is. have it. Uh, you, you, you want them to have the vaccine unless it, it, like, uh, unless it affects you, which you don't really give a shot whether he has it or not. This is not I'm a personal thing. You, you don't really mind it. If he's going to his job with other people, okay, mm-hmm. you want him to have it, he or she, you want him to absolutely have it, even though there's no proof whether it works or not. But if he sits in the back of your car, you're going to leave down to the guards. Well, there's no proof. To start with, the conspiracy theory is there's no proof whether it works or not. I don't think he meant it in that respect. I mean, obviously, we have to... It'll take some time before we understand exactly the effectiveness of the vaccine. What about the people in Galway... Uh, sorry, it's probably over... over Pat, the, yeah, go ahead. Man in, Gal- man in Galway that got fined 100 euros for swimming in the sea by the guard. I mean, what? Does Dermot agree with that? Well, there was a guy, there was a guy in Port Marnock last Tuesday was arrested by the guards as well. For swimming yeah, in the sea. Euros, yeah. And the, and the couple on the, the JD show last week uh, went off on holidays and you had Irish people ringing in, slating them. And the cheek of Joe Duffy to ask a woman of 82 years of age 
I rang the Joe Duffy show. I spoke to the researcher. I was told my call would go downstairs. I asked him, how dare you ask a woman of 82 years, has she got a state pension? I'm out there hearing Joe Duffy's name about 10 times too much tonight already, lad. I tell you one thing. Well, yeah, exactly. And I I agree with you. I, I... I said JD. He is another pawn. He is another pawn. Okay, well, let, let's not, let, let, let Joe Duffy do what Joe Duffy does, and okay, I'll do what I do. Well, he works with RT. Yes. Yeah, I've, said you, I, I've, spoken to, I've spoken to you many times on, on your show before about the RTE and, 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 and the media that they operate in. Not your own show. With all due respect, lads, what gets on my wick is that from last March when this thing kicked off, Everybody, all the whole world was crying out, was get a vaccine, get a vaccine, get this sorted out and the whole lot. And now the scientists have worked the bollocks off all year to get to get vaccines and they're working flat out and now people are complaining about it. I mean, can anybody fucking win in this, in this argument? We can. No, we can. One at a time. Sorry, Pat. Go ahead. Respond. There, there, there is a way of winning, Dermot. We all need to start uniting rather than fighting. Okay. And it starts at the very top in the Doyle. The parliament of this country, of this government of this country, right? Who everybody is given an opinion. You've the minister for housing today talking about vaccines. You know he's not qualified medically. Donnelly. Okay, let's not even go there. Neither. No, I'm not going to go there. Neither is it. Neither are any of the ministers from other jobs they do. Let's be honest about it. Well, but by the way, I've always been, and we talked about this before in relation to something else, and I've always been of the opinion uh, that when you have a minister for health, they should have previously been a doctor. Absolutely. A, a minister for education should have been a teacher. A minister for children should have children. How did James, uh, James Riley get on there? Well, well yeah. yeah, this is true. Um, well, but, well, and by the way, Leo Radko is also minister of health for a short period of time as well. Very short period of time. Don't get me started on him. But at, le- but at least, at least you know they have some sort of gist as to what's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but I suppose that's right, Noel. That very, Noel, I brought that very point up with you last week or the week before. Yeah. I said that I would prefer Baranza in uh, to yeah, well, sit you as Minister for Health because he's a qualified doctor. And you, your very fucking answer to me was, well, he talked to both, both sides of his mouth. But he does talk out of both sides of his mouth because the same man before Christmas turned around on prime time and said that if Neffet were getting £300 a week, they wouldn't be making the decisions they're making now. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. And, 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 now, and now he's running with the herd again. He jumps from one side of the fence to the other to be popular. That's what he does. No, anyway, the, the point I wanted to make that I actually come on to make was about the vaccine and about mandatory vaccine, which is an absolute... It's, it's, would, you it's take, would, you take, would you take the would you take the vaccine today? Would you take it tomorrow? No, when you're, when you're no, no, no Nigel. Well, no. No, okay, Nigel. Let me ask the question a little bit further. No. Your turn is not probably going to come up till around August or September, anyway, right? Okay. Well, I, we, well, I walk in the air, walk in the school. My wife's a frontline. She's a dental nurse, so yeah. you know it, it, it could come along. But okay, it, so it, so in, in two months' to, time, it comes up and your turn. Nigel, if somebody knocked on my front door tomorrow and said to me, "Totally legit." All joking aside, right? And said, I have the vaccine here for you. Do you want it? I'd say no. Why? Why? Because I don't trust it. Okay, well, well that, you're entitled to your view on it. I have four kids that are all vaccinated against, you know, what they need to be vaccinated against. Okay? So you're not anti-vaccination? No, I'm, I'm pro I'm the same as you, Noel. I'm pro-vaccination, right? But I'm pro-vaccination when there's a tried and trusted and when there's results to prove they do what they do or they do what they're supposed to do in most yeah, cases in most cases you're 100% not yeah but well, then I will take one Niall I will take it then 
Oh, we'll take it two years down the line or a year down the line when it's when 85 or 90 percent of the people that have taken it have shown a positive result towards it. This then I will take Niall, it. Nigel, Nigel, this is not normal. This is the first pandemic since in over 100 fucking years. No, it's not. So they cannot. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not there. No, it's not there. There's been many pandemics no. since. There's been huge. There's been many pandemics since then, there, Many. There has been no. What are you on about? Well, the, the, well, okay, obviously not as dangerous, but the flu is a pandemic. Say that again, Mark. Influenza is a pandemic. Influenza Has been for years. Not. What was TB? Influenza. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm just telling you, Jeremy, there's been many pandemics. There has. There has. I'm not disagreeing with you. Anyway, the point I wanted to make is, if, if, if and when this vaccination, that they've all, they're all queuing up to sell all of a sudden, they can't make a run of stuff, you know, with hundreds of years, of, of, of trying they can't get it together but all of a sudden within six months and the kind damage phrase which I don't believe for a fucking split second is that they're all breaking the bollocks to get it ready they are not just, just out of curiosity just to mention by the way the 1968 pandemic H3N2 virus the 2009 H1N1 pandemic which was better known as swine flu at the time swine flu yeah yeah I mean the influenza itself Arts. I'm reading here an article from the, from the Centre for Disease no they're not they're pandemics I'm looking at the Centre for Disease Control's website here an influenza pandemic is a global outbreak of a new influenza virus which happens on many occasions so in other words when a new strain comes along uh, it becomes a pandemic again so in saying that there's been many pandemics throughout, throughout the last 100 years. The 1957-1958 pandemic H2N2 virus. I'm just telling you. You're a great man. You're a great man for stuffing it down my throat. I'm just telling you. You turned around and you said this is the first pandemic we've had in 100 years. Let's be okay, factual okay. about this. It's the first, all right, okay then. It's the first one we've had with social media. It's Absolutely. It's the first one that's closed the world down. And, and I've given you my view on that as to why it's closed the world down. Social media. So what are you saying? Your average Joe Soap, like Nigel, is hitting his arms for a social media man. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. No, I am not. I'm not saying social media makes any difference at all to the amount of people who will catch a virus or die. Of course, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever to that. Uh, but what I'm saying to you is the restrictions and all the things that we're doing and all the, the steps that we're taking are being pressured on governments by social media. It accelerates the spread of the fear. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's a fact. That's a fact, Dermot. I'm not just having to go with you for the sake of it. Social media accelerates the spread of the fear. Bottom line is, COVID-19... That is the bottom line. That is the bottom line. There is no bottom line apart from COVID-19 that. COVID-19 originated in China. China being the sheriff that they are, they, they, they covered it. it up. And they forced, they forced, and I watched the documentary and it just read to me, they forced staff, hospital staff, in order not to cause a panic in Wuhan, they forced the hospital staff to go into hospitals wearing nothing but a mask. No PPE, no nothing. Because Damn, they, I give you a good... If they go in like Martians, they're going to cause a fucking panic. Damn, you're a good man for statistics and figures and numbers and all that crack, okay? I'll give you a good one. <laughs> 86.3% of PPE that's sold to America comes from China. Correct. Okay. Stay, there, stay there for a second, all of you. Let me just go to D. D, you're on Classic Hits. How you doing, D? Hi, oh, well, hang, hang on, lads. D, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Um... No, there are a few points that I'd like to start to make. First, I totally agree with you on the antigen testing. Um, like, my father's in a nursing home the last two years. I've been informed two weeks ago 
when I inquired about after vaccination, he received his first vaccination okay. uh, two weeks ago and he's due to get another one. And I was inquiring, what's, you know, is there light, any light at the end of the tunnel after vaccination? In other words, can and you come in to see him, in other words? Well, yeah, um, yeah to make a half normal visit, you know. Yeah. Because uh, right now it's the window visit and they're even hard to come by at the moment. Right. Um, and I was told that, no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So even after he gets vaccinated, you're not going to be allowed in soon. This is what I was told. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. That's dancing, isn't it? I was like, for goodness sake. And then Anton testing, you know, as you said, they're cheap, they're safe, they're reliable. Well, reasonably reliable. I mean, they're better than nothing. Yeah. Yes, yes. And like, that's a a way out. That's a way for us to go and see our families. Like, this is going on a year. well, can I tell you, Niall, that lady, after being on here for half an hour, that lady has almost swayed my argument um, in the other direction. I'm going to I'm gonna swallow fucking humble pie here because I have to agree, it's a fucking disgrace. What is the point in giving that to her father, the yes. vaccine, if nothing yeah. changes? Yeah, it's just well, well, apart from the fact that it, it obviously it obviously increases his mortality, but the very I mean, what would increase his mortality more is for him to have a little bit of happiness in his life and have his family Absolutely. come to see him. Well, Absolutely. That's, well, that's, it's heartbreaking looking at him through a window and like he's saying that he can't understand. Like, come on in, he's saying, come on in. It's just it's gone on a year. That must and, and that it, must break your heart, he just said. Absolutely horrendous what families are going through. My mother just cries morning, noon, and night over. I'm just glad my mother and father are not alive now, to be honest. Well, oh, I tell you now, I don't know about you, La. Wild dogs wouldn't stop me getting in to see my mother and father. Well, can I, but now, can I just, can I just say something? Yeah, else, go please? ahead. Yeah. Right, as a guard, Anton Teston, um, this was agreed by. Hold on a second. Now I have it here. This is important because I knew I was coming on to you there. Okay. This was this this report was sub- submitted. Hick was submitted this in report. October. In October. Yeah, in October the seventh, outlining yeah. the reasons why this should be used. Yeah. And the EU endorsed this, right? Yeah. It's been it's sitting on, on Donnelly's desk ever since. Yeah. It's on the eighth of this was endorsed. Why is this still? Why are we always the last? But but hang on. But but I have said it to you. I interviewed Stephen Donnelly two weeks before he became Minister for Health. It was the last thing in the conversation I said to him when he was condemning Simon Harris. I can't remember. He was given out about Simon Harris about something because Simon Harris was Minister for Health. And I said, why can you not have antigen tests for every member of staff going in every morning into a care home and into a hospital where the most vulnerable people are, which are mainly the people who are dying are? Why can't you do that? And Niles, they have received millions of these nurses' homes, um, right? They've received a 72 million package, right? 800 euros they received per resident per month for the first 40 uh, residents. And after that, the next 40 residents get 400 euros per month, right? They've also received packages before Christmases. And not one pod or one shed or one heater has been put in since March, since March last year. Now, I, I agree, from March to April, we were all terrified in May. They had ample time to get their act in order, and they have done nothing. Are we to look back Hang in on, history? Hang on, Derek. Go ahead, keep going. Keep have, going. We, have we to look back in history now, yet once again, and say to ourselves, my goodness, this is the way we treat the elderly and the most vulnerable people in our societies. Yet again, have you not learned our lessons from Okay, can I, I've just worked it out just while you were talking there. Sorry, and it wasn't that I wasn't listening to you. I was listening yeah. to everything you said. We should have learned something because we will look back at this like mother and baby homes and everything else and regret oh, what we did. Yeah. But I've just worked it out for a care home with 50 staff to be tested yeah. every single morning, seven days a week, uh, for 352 weeks of the year, will cost €91,000 per year. Per year. Yeah. Now, you look at the money, Dermot, we are spending on COVID-19 and the billions that we're losing. And look at the lives that have been lost primarily in care homes. Uh, and 
€91,000 would, would supply antigen tests for all the staff every single morning. It takes five minutes. Five minutes. It's harmless. It, it, all you, you just have to... It, I'm going to do something now tomorrow. Every day I'm going to inquire. I'm going to inquire as to why. He, well, he told me himself he would look into it. This is last year. And it's still, yeah. and as Dee rightly pointed out, Hickwood did a full report on it back in October and it's been sitting on the desk somewhere of somebody's department in the Department of Health ever since. Now, and I've got all the TDs now. I've got the TDs myself right about this because I'm at the end of my tether. My, my mother's at the end of her tether. And all we want is, like, my father's not afraid of dying of COVID. Like, Honest to God. And, honest you, and if you had to pay a fiver to win to see him, you wouldn't care, would you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd gladly give a fiver. But in saying that, Niall, I do not want it to be a money racket thing as regards nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Because I've worked in nursing homes. I know the way... No, they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be charging any more than if, if it was... I would gladly give a fiver. A fiver. That's all the test no costs. Problem. Yeah. No problem, Niall. Well, but, I, I mean... Jeremy, I have I have six of the tests sitting out of my desk outside. They were sent in to us, uh, and myself and Ashling and Ruth and uh, a couple of the staff here did the tests just to see. Now, we're, obviously, we're not trained to do them. I mean, it's just a matter of sticking a stick down your throat, by the way, and mixing it with the stuff. So, obviously, our tests would not be legitimate as we're not trained to do it. There would be somebody who's trained to do it. But in saying that, it's literally five minutes later you get the results. Five minutes so, later. So, so why, if, if what is the conspiracy theory behind this? Why the, the money's not in it, Against this. The money's not in it. Say again? The money's not in it. What money? What do you mean the money's not in it? The money's not in it. There's no money in it for the government. Without going into conspiracy theories, no, do you th- do you, with the greatest respect, Dermot, do you not think there may be vested interest in PCR testing in this country? Absolutely. There is, but what are, what are the government, what are the government gaining? By giving PUP I have no idea. I have no idea, and that's a question I can't answer, and I'm sure a lot of people can't answer, as to what's to be gained from all of this, because all I can see is devastation, people dying from both COVID-19, people dying from not having COVID-19 and having other you know, underlying conditions and illnesses who are not being seen to in hospitals, people like Dee, whose lives are devastated because they can't see their father. Dee's father himself, his mortality rate will be reduced, with the greatest respect to Dee, by the way, yeah. his mortality rate will be reduced but the very fact that he's not happy. Yes. And I see elderly people going downhill because they're miserably lonely and unhappy and isolated. And, and Niall, Niall, you're absolutely right there. My father was a vibrant man. He used to be taken out all the time in the good times before Clover hit. He has deteriorated. At times he was like a zombie. A mm-hmm. zombie. Can I ask you, can I, That's all not, I can say. D, can I ask you a question? Yes. When, when, yes. when, D, can I ask you a question? When yes. the the, the uh, nursing home, you can know the nursing home. He said that he got his two. He got his two doses. No, he hasn't got. His, he hasn't he's got a second, second one yet. Okay, but okay, after that, he, he's done really get the second one. And you said, well, that's grand. He's going to be protected from um, from the virus. Yeah. With the virus. Yeah. We, now we can wait to see him, and they says, no, you can't. Did you ask the question? Why the fuck did you give him the bar? Give him the vaccine in the first place? What is the point of giving him the vaccine? I did question it. I, I did actually say that. I said, what, what is the point yeah. of uh, of uh, the vaccine? She says, well, we uh, could be transmitted and this sort. I said, well, exactly. You, you, you know what I mean? What's the whole point of the vaccine if it's not going to make our lives better? Not only my father's life, but all of our lives. You, you know, if... If we knew that the vaccine was going to be the golden bullet, it's going to, you know, uh, we can't transmit it, it's going to keep us all safe, I think we'd all say, great. But 
it doesn't seem to be the answer. I thought it was the answer before Christmas. Well, can I say? Can I say one last thing? I know you're running out. We're running out of time. We are running out of time. I, I would. I would. I know you cannot say it now because you're you're you're, you're the broadcaster and you have to abide with the rules. But I put it, and I'm, I don't know many hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people are now listening to this. Everyone, everyone from tomorrow on should get on, get a hold of, of um, Stephen Donnelly's um, office, and demand that he goes on with you for a one-on-one. And I will, not going to happen, damn it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a better chance of it snowing, <laughs> I was going to say. Finally, finally, Niall. Yeah, sorry, Dee, go ahead. Look, I'm involved, I got involved in a group, and they were on your care champions, right? Mm-hmm. And Oh, that's uh, right. They're, they're a lovely group. I've spoken now, to them a they, few times. They do atrocious work. Oh, yeah. my goodness. The amount of, and they're on to TDs. They're on to X, Y, and Z. They do ferocious work. Yes, I, mean, I know. I've spoken to really, them. They really, really do. And, like, you know, they have given me some, you know, that I'm not the only person feeling like this. And I'm sure there's thousands of, you know, families that are like this. We just cannot just accept this. We, there is ways. If you bang our heads together, there's always a way. But unfortunately, nursing homes are not willing to get together to come up with solutions. It's always a solution, you know, a safe solution, but they don't want to listen. And something has to be done about and, it. And in, the, and in the meanwhile, sadly, people are dying. Now, don't get me wrong, people die in care homes anyway. I, no, I get we, that. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they're dying unhappy and miserable and lonely. Unhappy. I mean, my, I mean you know, if... Somebody said, to, I'm sure if I asked my dad this question a couple of years ago, Dad, would you like to die, uh, two, have two years uh, without your family or one year with your family? I'm sure he would say, give me one, one year, year with, with my family, family and, then let me, and then let me go. Well, we, we spoke to geriatric specialist Ronan Collins from Tala Hospital there a while ago, and he said that elderly people were talking to him because obviously he goes to see them, you know, when they have problems. And they were saying to him that they wanted to die. Because they were so unhappy, because they didn't have their families and anymore. In the healthcare sector, I, mm. I'm not going to say where I am, and it breaks my heart. I mean, when I go in and see them, I, it just breaks my heart. I'm yeah. not in the nursing home sector anymore, but it breaks my heart. It's just horrendous. It's just okay. Well, well, look, a point well made, Dee. And and yeah. by the way, I agree with Dermot. If if you want to send a letter into Stephen Donnelly's office, not ask him to come on this show. I would suggest you send a letter to Stephen Donnelly. If you want to ask him to come on this show, you can. But asking him why they haven't implemented the HICWA uh, recommendations for antigen testing in care homes and in the uh, in the HSC, why they still haven't done them is beyond me. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.